a principle way back in, in England where the, this guy take all the major, the major companies that are successful and prosperous and take their stock shares and add them up vertically, all the stock prices, and then divide it by the average and call it the average. Now, since they've done that, they govern the economy based on that. So it's called the, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, where uh, it was invented by Mr. Charles Doe, co-founder of the Dow Jones Company. Now, since that time, in our day today, they developed another component called the divisor factor. And based on whether it be industrial average or transportation average or utility average or, or composite average, they've got what is called uh, a divisor. So after they stocked up all these major, for example, industrial average, you got 30 major. I mean, IBM, Apple, and all these different great companies, that, which we know are the best of the world. And they take their stocks and they average their value and divide it by the total sum. And then they take a factor. For example, here's this factor. It may mean nothing to you, but to an investor it would. The initial average factor would be 0.1248 In other words, once you get all these numbers of the stock being sold and, and add them up and divide it by 30, then they multiply times that or divide times that number and come up with the volume. Volume either go up or down, and they use it for benchmark to know if we're prospering or not. Now, that's what the world goes by. But we go by Psalms 37. We go by Psalms 37. And Psalms 37 tell you plainly how things are. Now, I'm going to show you some things here. It may not mean much to you because if you're a casual person, but the world set their barometer on Dow Jones average. And based on the world system and the Dow Jones system, we are going for bad times, which eventually going to reach you, the householder, because you use banks, your workplace is going to be affected, and if these 30 major companies collapse, then the economy collapse. You won't have a job. For example, the oil price has gone from 400 to 40 dollars. That's a big drop. When that goes in that average counting and they sum it all up, that means the volume lost is so astronomical that they said this only can mean a, a, a death of the economy. Therefore, you're going to be unemployed or have no job. But the Dow Jones versus the Bible. The Dow Jones gives you a guide in preparing for what is likely to happen. But the Bible tells you before what is going to happen. Know the difference. Dow Jones, based on trend, the Bible is based on prophecies. Dow Jones is a guesswork, the guesstimation word. It's not exact science. The Bible is absolutely accurate, infallible, what it tells you. It told Pharaoh, you're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of depression. Happen exactly like he says. Elijah says, Okay, you won't have rain, you're gonna have drought, you have famine, and the famine came for as long as he says it, and then he removes it. So there is no doubt in the prognosis. All right, 
Dow Jones gives you a statistical trend. If you go in the newspaper, most of you never read the financial part of it. You see curves going up and down, which is giving you a volume of sales or movement of volume. If you invest in Apple, it will tell you if Apple's share is going up or coming down, etc., and so on. That's what these guys do. And so people look at that and make decisions, and they either cry or celebrate <laughs> based on what happened to what they invested in. All right? So Dow Jones give you stats, but the Bible give you fulfillment. Dow Jones give you technical indicators, technical, they call because they're smart guys, they're figured. But the Bible gives you a cloud of weaknesses. Now, this is the wisdom of men. And this is the faith of God. All right? So, Dow Jones gives you probabilities that something may happen, may not happen. And over here, the Bible, don't give you probabilities, it gives you infallibility or confirmation of fact. The Bible does that. And then Dow Jones gives you no guarantee, and the Bible gives you absolute guarantee. Absolute. The Bible says it, it's going to happen that way. Dow Jones talks about indicators, and the Bible talks about signs of the times. Jesus Christ said that the people can read the, the sky and say, if it's going to fall, probability, but they can't tell what time it is that they're in. Now, nowhere in your Bible is there a dragon economy to rule the world. If you can, I want you to show it to me. There's nowhere in the Bible where China or, or, or Gog and Magog are going to rule the world, or will they have an economy that when they crash, we all suffer because of it. It's just not there. As a result, I don't panic over Dow Jones forecasting, I don't panic and get jitters over the economics of the system of the world, but I dwell on Psalms 37. It says, Verily thou shalt be fed in the time of famine. It's God who sends those events. Now, I believe God is cleaning up the chessboard so he can get the kings and the queen and the bishops in their right places. Amen. Right now. So, China holds a global fist on the world, but it's not a corner scripture. It's a usurper of a position. And by scripture, it must collapse. That the proper actor may be in place. All right? So if you're in mutual funds and all those things, if you're in those things, that you get in the jitters also because you can lose all your money tomorrow because it's based on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. For you that just came, Dow Jones Industrial Average is the average of the 30 greatest known company on earth that define how successful the economy is. And they average their stock value. So, for example, IBM stocks could be sold for $50.6. Apple may be sold for $140.4. And all those things may be sold for, what else? Another, another industry, I, you know, GM 
stock may be going for $36. Right? And so they add up all those 30 items and divide it, get total sum total, and then they divide it by 30 and come up with what? The average price. It either goes up or it's coming down. The weight move, the movement of it, give these guys jitters or happiness. Now, you, you think it doesn't matter? It does control your job. It does control if you get layoff or stay on that job. You say, well, I don't care, Pastor. Why tell me all this fact? Well, if you don't want to know, you're in the wrong church. Because this pastor does want to know. Yes, because it affects you. And if you don't have the right teaching, you can force yourself in a position that's not right. But the people that know they're God are going to be strong, regardless of what happened. And do exploit. Not get exploited, but do exploit. And so they take that average, right? And then they take that and they have another factor that they use called a divisor. And divide that into the average price. And that give you a division, the volume. Now, if the volume goes up or come down, that's what they determine if they're losing or if it's a bull or a, or a bear. It depends on how the, the curve turns. So that's all statistical analysis. Now, church, the Bible says, I don't want your faith staying in the wisdom of men. Are you understand that? All right? So that's a little lesson I give you on Dow Jones system. So I'm not, I'm not concerned that China is going to collapse. And she should because there is no such thing in the Bible as a dragon economy. The only economy there are in the Bible that you should work up, worry about, I'm going to give it to them right now. Here's the economy you should worry about. In Revelation 6 and verse 5 and 6, you're going to find somebody with a balance who determines how much bread you eat. Global. This is Bible. That same economy is mentioned again in chapter 13 and verse 17 of Revelation. That's the economy that you don't want to be a part of. And that same economy, its crash and collapse is already forecasted in chapter 18 and verse 9 to 24. Now, you should look it up. I hope you're going to look it up. If you're smart, you would. Because, especially if you're left behind, you're going to need to know what next is going to happen to you. But the, the crash that's mentioned in chapter 18, verse 9 to 24, that's the global economic collapse that the Bible predicts. There's no dragon economy. In fact, that economy is linked with the leopard and the woman sitting on it. And now, you don't know this, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Dow Jones factor is based on buyers and sellers. And it's exactly what it says in chapter 13, Revelation. You can't buy 
and you can't sell. If you can't buy and you can't sell, then you're not part of the economy of the world. And the only way you can buy or sell is by a controlling system. Obviously, when the economy fails, like in World War II, then they have an identification system so they know who gets what, rationing what goes on. Now, saints of God who don't know this are going to run from church to church, from city to city, chasing the economy. Should the church chase the economy? The answer is no. So the church get all worked up and get all over it. No. We are in a long-term investment with God. And our lives on this earth is not a straight line. In the paramedic world, a straight line means you're dead. If you're alive and the economy is alive, it goes like this, up and down, up and down, like this. Excursion. And you don't jump off ship when it goes down and celebrate when it goes up. You stay on it no matter what condition it's in. Paul says, I've learned in whatever condition or state I'm in to be content. Content is the average of the highs and the lows. I've learned to be content because I'm not governed by the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I'm governed by God's economy. I know you come to pray, and I'm, you're not praying. I'm changing the schedule on you. That's what the rapture is going to be, too. All right? Now, look at this here. You're going to try and teach you some business sense here. Because Joseph had an understanding of the economy that saved his family and enslaved Egyptian to Pharaoh. All right? Shares, stocks. Now, for us, stocks and bonds mean persecution and trial and tribulation. You know, stocks, I'm bound by some stocks that I'm in. You know, if you're bound to a wife, seek not to be loose. You're bound to a husband. I don't mean that kind, okay? I mean stocks and bonds that you buy and sell stuff. Before that money, that's how they used to do barter. I give you a chicken. And you give me back a cow, or vice versa. Now, those days are gone. We've got some, some symbolism here. Now, look at this. There's always a seller and a buyer. Revelation 13 says, you're not going to be able to do that when that economy God talks about in chapter 13 is in force. Because you have to have a license to buy and sell. And that license is 666. Otherwise, you cannot buy and you cannot sell. You say, well, that don't mean nothing. Well, you better pray to God, you know, Mr. Rapture, because it will mean something to you. Because then you're going to starve in those days. Right? And if you have food, someone's going to invade your house. Hello? And if you live in that time, I'm sure food will be rationed, so they're going to weigh It's happening already in some parts of the world. 
That's why you got mass migration of nations and people around the world running from poverty, running from starvation, running from filthy water, and they can't find a place to live or sleep or eat or drink or what to wear. You have not yet faced that. Thank God for that. But the trading is buying and selling. But like Gideon, we go down and listen to what the enemies are saying. And Gideon's dream provoked him to know victory is in sight. Because he saw these two cakes rolling down the hill and hit that tent and everything collapsed. The collapse that God is talking about is what the world fear right now. They fear that if China collapsed, the world will collapse. Not true. I say it will never happen. But in, in, in Europe, when chapter 13 come into play, and that collapse, then chapter 18 of Revelation will be a reality where everything will come to a close. And the Bible lists, lists what's in the economy of our world. Just go to chapter 18 and look for yourself. And what you notice from, from verse 9, 24, it lists all the things you buy and sell and live and, and base your life on. And by the way, Dow Jones, you know, let's talk about silver and gold and oil. We know the Bible says, hurt not the oil. And this is also in James 5, 1 to 8, your silver and gold that you put aside, invest in stability, silver and gold, that will also collapse in faith by corruption. So when you look at this chart right here, the indicator is volume sales or volume purchase. Does it go up or come down? It's a matter of how you read it, right? Because if everybody is buying it, that means a popular thing. If nobody is buying it, then it's not wanted, right? And if everybody is getting a share of it, how many pieces of squares can you get out of a pie? The price is going down. And so you and I don't worry about those things, but these these uh, investors, they do worry about them. And when they get the jitter, you know, Walmart closed down. TD respond. Mortgage goes up or down. The price of goods and services changes. Huh? Unemployment index changes. Government at their wits end. And guess what? You're impacted by it. You are. Now, so we can see, I'm trying to show you here some things here. Here's the Dow Jones average. It works. But are we governed by that spiritually? No. Because if, we, if you were a natural investor and these things get swings, you know, economic swings, and you are an emotional investor, guess what happened to you? You're going to die a nervous wreck because it's like being on a bumpy highway riding. But a long-term investor says, oh, I can wait till 20 years because I'm, you know, I'm a young person. But if you're at retirement age, you're going to say, oh, no, I can't wait that long. I want money right now. And right now, it not work for you. Now, why am I telling you this? Because not that. I want to take you there. I'll take you somewhere else. If you go to Revelation 12, and verse 10 to 17, God did something for the nation of Israel, which he's going to do for his people. 
when the dragon chases the nation of Israel, God is going to provide a place and a meal for her and a hiding place. I'm going to tell you tonight, every true Christian will have a hiding place in times like these. Every true Christian will have a rock they can lean on. I said true Christian. Not just any person. True Christian. And my message to you tonight is that even though the world is faced with economics uncertainty, recession, inflation, Dow Jones average decline and rises and bankruptcies, we must remain steadfast, unmovable, knowing that our labor and our investment in God is not in vain. For God is not unrighteous to forget our service and our labor of love in times like these. So whether in long, we must always be long-term in thinking, long-term in living, long-term in giving, and long-term in expectancy. In other words, I can say, and none of these things move me. And I can say, and what shall separate me from the love of God? So hunger, thirst, economy, unemployment, change in the real estate prices? No. No, they move me. Because Christians are in long-term investment. Now, if you are in short-term investment in God, during time of famine, when there's sort of a food and water and drink, you're going to be concerned with fear, high emotionalism, uncertainty, and instability. And the devil figured us out already and said, all that a man hath would he give to save his skin. The devil said, you will give up anything just to save your life. That's why Jesus correct the factor and says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All right? Now, the worst famine the church could ever have is not for the lack of water, food, or drink. The worst famine we could ever have as a threat to this church is a famine for hearing the word of God. Now, you see, this let me live in a time of storm and not worry about it. The worst failure that can happen to churchgoers who's involved in long-term investment with God it's not when money fails or your money fails, but it's if you fail the grace of God. Then you got problems. The word famine is not famine for food and water, but it's famine for the Word of God. And the worst pollution that I could ever be affected by is not my carbon 
what a byproduct in the atmosphere. But it would be the pollution of my soul. And the worst setback I can have in the economy <laughs> is not my lack of employment. It's me being employed, but I'm robbing God. I guess I should say next door to go pray. You can go next door and pray. All those who want to go pray, you miss your prayer time. Please go over there. Please go to the big prayer room over there. You can, you'll hear your voice over there. You are excused. Please go. I, should, I would open my eyes. should be gone by then. If you're still here. You're in for punishment, I guess. But Christianity is an investment. And nobody build an altar and not profit from it. It's a long-term investment. Fear is not a strategy for Christians. When I'm on the workplace and they're firing off people, I don't know worry about it. If God wants me here, not even the president can get me out. Because promotion comes from him, not them. And Psalms 37 says, my steps are not accidental steps. They're ordered by God. And if my foot now slip and, not, and I slip, you're going to order my steps. Amen. You have no idea how concerned all these banks in town are. You have no idea how concerned all the politicians in the world are. You know, we could mock Jonah for a while, but Jonah had a, had, a, had, a, had a calmness that bothered a lot of people. There was a storm above, and Jonah went to sleep below. And they said, what is wrong with you, guy? There's a storm. Don't you see that? <laughs> Jonah! <laughs> so they kicked him. Got up. But he, he was so sure of himself. They said, what's your occupation? Where did you come from? He said, look, my God is in control of that storm. And really, I'm the reason why the storm is like that. They said, what? <laughs> and I'm the reason for it. He <laughs> said, really? He said, I'll prove it to you. Let's throw me over the board and see what happened. He said, really? He said, go ahead, throw me and see what happened. And they threw him the board and the storm stops. But look, a fish showed up. Thank God for a safety net. There is a safety net for the saints of God. You may slip off the rock, but God catch you anyway on your fall. Long-term service to God is a strategy. There will always be a return on your investment or a return on your capital employed. Nobody leave God without interest payment. Crushed down, shaking down, riding over. Put it in your bosom. <laughs> Hallelujah. You guys understand that? You know, you know something I want about you guys. You, you guys puzzle me. I want, I want you guys to hear me. I need a sign language to talk to you guys. I'd be a lot more successful with the sign language than talking to you. We're just looking at me. What sign help? Bye bye. Is that better? Management of my spirit. 
is more profitable to me than management of my money. But I'm making sense. Amen. How I manage my spirit is more sensible to me. Right? And how do I handle famine? Famine in the Bible is your secret. God never promised you that you wouldn't have valleys. But honestly, it's impossible for God to promote you without you going through a valley unless you're good at long jump and jump from one cliff to the next cliff. I think you'd miss, you'd break your leg doing that. A lot safer going down in the valley and come back up. Hello? How to handle a famine? Naomi was impressed and moved by the temporary Dow Jones average in her day. There's an economical downturn why Naomi left her place, left her position, left her inheritance, and went into the unknown where it seemed more profitable. And what happened to her? She lost everything and ended up not being better but a bitter. We must not let that happen to us. Hello? I was thinking about this all this week, and it's talking to me about the dog on the bone. <laughs> Looking at the water, looks bigger down there. He let go what he had to grab the one in the water, and finally he lost both. Not realizing that the one in his mouth was the one showing the picture down there. Hello? You already have it. Amen. <laughs> and that picture, you know, <laughs> this woman is a farmer, never seen a mirror in her life. And uh, her husband found this mirror in his barn because he bought the place. And he went in there and he saw this picture. He's looking in there and he saw a picture. And he fell in love with what he sees in the, in the mirror. And so after supper, he would always go there and go in that barn and just come back laughing and excited. She can't figure out why her husband is doing all this. So one day she got curious. And behind his back went into that barn opened the door and found this mirror and looked in there and saw herself and believed it was somebody else. And she got irate and mad. She thought, that's an old hog he's been looking at all this time. <laughs> and she went to beat him for keep visiting the old hog in the mirror when she sees her own pictures are looking at. Be careful, folks. Think about it. Abraham, in a time of Dow Jones uncertainty, felt where he was, was bad times, and should go down to Egypt. Went down there, and Lot went with them, and he, he passed Solomon's way down. You know what happened to him? He almost lost his wife, picked up Hagar, and lost Lot. Hello? I'm trying to tell you, there is no financial situation in your life that should make you make stupid, hasty decisions. You need to slow down. Why don't saints in these last days take their situation to God on the altar and slow him on the altar? Like, hello? One guy did that. He said, God, you deal with this letter. I can't deal with it. And God did. But in every case where they, where they ran... God says they had problems. All right? Now, 
wrong emotional response to a temporary situation. God don't want you to have that. Because as long as you're looking for God, it's going to be like this. The world wants it like this. And it's never going to be that way. And when it's not that way, they kill themselves. They jump off cliffs. But you learn. Whether it be good times and bad times, I learn to serve God in all times. Let's worship God. Amen. So, we know if the collapse come tomorrow, you are already secured in heaven. Because who is in control of the famine? Who's control of the economy? If all the silver is mine and the earth is mine and every breath is mine, then who's in control? Not Satan. God is. Your God is. You got to brag on him. All right? Amen. Now, when you read Job 5.20, put it in the board, please. Job knew that a temporary situation should not make him make a hasty decision that would mess up his life. Amen. Praise God. What would have happened? It's not on the board. I guess this doesn't work. You go take it off the free. See, I want to quit preaching because of that. I still got my Bible. Yes. I saw it on my board. I don't have the folks look ahead of me. All right. But look, folks. The widow with the barrel of meal. I'm going to talk about the free right now. God's going to give you his plan for the time you're living in. My heart cries for you. You may win sometimes. God had a plan for her. And he will have a plan for you. God shall redeem us from the power of hunger. The Bible says in famine you're going to be fed. Right? Now she thought she's going to die. God said, you're not going to die. I have a plan. And God already thought about her before she thought about herself. Amen. Isaac was in a drought, 26th chapter. I love to read that scripture. I love to read it. It's, it's my pillar. I, I, I sleep on it. Amen. There's a drought where he was. And he wants to do what everybody's doing. But you know what God says? You better not do that. I send the famine. And I know how to circumvent it. And that year, God had a plan for that drought. God has a plan for your situation. You just have to say, Eureka, I found it. I discovered it. Wow. God said, I've been so long time with you, yet you don't know me. Have I been so long a time with you, yet you don't even trust me? Samaria was so bad they were cannibalistic. And the Bible says, here come Elisha, and God had a plan for that situation. One story that really turned me on is, is Hagar. She thought, oh, to throw the baby out, let's die together. There's no hope. 
And church, all the time, there was a well right there, but she just didn't see it. God has a well of blessing that you have not yet seen. Hallelujah. And if you're not careful, you let your situation depress you so much that you cry more than you praise God. Hello? But he said, tomorrow about the stunt. I mean, say, God has a plan for every situation you're in. God has a plan. And I'm not going to let these forecasts bother me. Joseph was in Egypt, and Pharaoh couldn't understand his dream, but God has a plan for the famine. Hello? And in Goshen, the answer is right next door. What's amazing is Goshen is next door, and the people are suffering over here. But God has a plan. I want you to raise your hand right now. Whatever you're going through right now, God has a plan. God has an answer. Please don't make emotional decisions. Get information from your God. He knows what you're supposed to do. He has a plan. Praise God. I'm not going to act out of my emotion. No. I'm allow God to tell me what to do. And he will. Because the message is God of the famine is right here. All right? Joseph told Pharaoh what to do. As long as Pharaoh followed it, what happened? He survived the seven years. He survived it. I want you to tell each other right now, I'm a survivalist. I'm a survivalist. So you're looking at a liar. <laughs> I am a survivalist. I survived famine. Come on. I survived the famine. All right? Here's, here's God's word to, to you now. Let not your heart be troubled. What? Stop having heart problem. Heart murmuring. It's going to be all right. Huh? He says, in all things, let your requests be made known. Let not their fear be your fear. I can't follow that. And sometimes it's good we don't understand how that thing works. It may bother you. That's why I don't get involved in investment because you have to track it down. And it's like a yo-yo, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, friend, when that steal your joy from the church, you can't pray. You can't touch God, right? All right? Now, all right, plan, plant, and stop watching the cloud because you can't stop it. Now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. Hey, let's keep on planting. Come what may, you're going to average out. Amen? God's promises to us is that you're going to bless us in time of famine. That's a promise. How? I will supply all your needs. Some of your needs. All! From crown of your head to the toe of your feet. <laughs> I mean, so of your feet, rather. <laughs> to the sole of your feet. I'll supply it all. God says, I will supply it all. All right? God says, I'll make a way when there is no way. Amen? I like this one, too. I know what you have need of before you ask me. 
Praise God. I love this one. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or you seen begging bread. You're not going to be a beggar unless you're a liar. Or just greedy. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we have excursions. So I got laid off. So what? What does that mean, Lord? Before I give you the next job, I want to see how you're going to handle it. Is he just a God that he'll talk? Or God of the valley also? It's in the valley he restores my soul. Amen. This light affliction is for a moment. We're saying, in a moment like these, I'll sing of a song. Hello? Some of the best CDs are made in within a shower, you know. That's right. How many of you said to yourself, it came to pass? Now, I know you're shaking your head to me right now, but I go home. The wall says, not true, not true, not true, not true, not true, not true. The pillow says, not true, not true, not true. The cat killers have all their personal my life out. Punching all those numbers. You know what? We were so happy. If when you go up tonight, you get rid of your calculator. Get rid of it. If you ever want to have a family problem, usually get it. Get your calculator out. And start checking up on what you don't have. You don't need a cell phone. Hello. <laughs> it's only a short season. Number four, holding God's hand during a season of famine. I've never seen a kid hold to their parents' hand and feel afraid. If you let go, they're afraid. But if you hold their hand, who's holding your hand? Praise God. All right? Holding God's faith strong during times of emptiness. Well, God, my cupboard is empty. Oh, I feel so sad. No, you dummy. If it's empty, they can't fill it up. If you're not empty, you don't need it to be filled up. Boy, I've got no even out here. Our news prayer, I mean, God, just kneel it. God answer you, yes, no, wait. And sometimes God answer you with prayers like this. Before you pray, you know what you're thinking. You have been bugging your mind all day. You're struggling in your workplace. Come on now. You said dinner table, you have an ulcer over the bills. Come on now. And so God said, me to talk to you because he calculus says, no, you're in depression. Dow Jones says you can't make it. Holding fast of faith. No, I'll let this one. I'm going to read it in a positive way. And they profit from preaching. The silliest person get the most from God because they're dumb to believe him. And the educated question God and get nothing. Hello? Holding faith with some have thrown overboard of God's shipwreck. Praise God. All right? Short-term world of destruction. 
He didn't destroy them. Job was not destroyed by the short-term pain he felt. Nor was Isaac, nor Joseph, nor David, nor Abaka. You know what they said? Job was double for his time of trouble. Amen. And if God wants to train you with patience, he will train you with patience. Sometimes you get some boss in your life. I mean, they're, st- uh, they're as stinking as a skunk. But God wants to make you be as sweet as it could be for a skunk experience. And God knows who that person is that knows how to prick you the most. And bring the iris out of you. Hallelujah. Job was doubled for his trouble. Isaac, a hundredfold for what he went through. Joseph, lordship. David, kingship. Abaca, he blossomed. How do you know God's not going to bless you later on? Don't be a Esau. When the time comes for blessing, you were rejected. I wonder how many times God went back to heaven with a whole big old sack like Santa Claus. I said, what happened, God? I said, well, they just were not ready for it. He took it back. Think about it. He said, it doesn't happen. Sure does. God said, I come to bless Saul, uh, but he just did foolishly. What happened? He forced himself. He forced himself. All right? Short-term lies that comes our way when we see Dow Jones average in our lives. Because they're telling us numbers that says the numbers don't add up. It just don't come together for our good, it seems. But God knows to turn things around. If God wants you there, nobody can keep you out. If God wants you to have that, nobody can stop it. You got to know your God. I like the Hebrew boy said, and even if God don't show up, I'm still not bowing. Oh, God's got Those are my boys. <laughs> I can see God doing the jerk in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He liked what he heard. Amen. And he never let them down. And I don't believe they saw him in that fire. Just the enemy saw it, but those boys never saw it. Amen. I don't believe that. There's an invisible God following you 24 sevens. In fact, when you're driving, they'll leave your car. Because someone says they're not in the traffic control business. <laughs> Amen. Your problem means God is punishing you, the devil says. I haven't heard that before. Your crisis mean <laughs> you're a calamity change. Trials don't mean that you're trapped. Amen. And delay don't mean you're going to be denied. Amen. In Revelation 12, God says he prepared a hiding place. Oh, that's a sermon to preach. There's a hiding place where God hides you from poverty. God hides you from sickness. God hide you from situations others are falling over in. Amen. God protects you. Amen. David said there's a hiding place. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. Amen. Amen. I know China is not supposed to be the world economy in Revelation. So she don't bother me. And I wish I could tell all the prime ministers that. She's not the understanding for the times. Amen. In Goshen, God prepared a feeding place. You know, it's amazing how 
Oh, God said to Elijah, listen, folks, and you don't realize it today, church, but somebody in McMurray has your number. You haven't even met them. You don't know them. They don't know you. But when they're ready, they're going to show up. And they can't hold back. And a release it. God told Elijah, I command a raven to feed you. You can't find no scripture where God spoke to a raven. And I command a brook to feed you. Hello. What? Find the brook. Are you there? Because the raven is going to come right to the address looking for you. That raven did not go to the wrong address, folks. <laughs> Went right to the right address where the guy was. And the brook didn't give water to the wrong people. And when it all dried up, like when your when your finance dried up, and your money dried up, and your wit's hand is dried up, and you're at your wit's end, God said, I got somebody else to keep the continuity going. I believe that. Come on, somebody. God said, I just spoke to a widow. And told her to take care of you. What? I told her widow to do it. Where should I have God? I'll lead you right to her. Amen. I guarantee you right now, if you're starving, God will lead you to a bread hidden somewhere under your bed. Sir, <laughs> so you, you hide money so well, you hide money in your stocking, and the way you put it. But it's in your attic. Oh, I want some money. Oh, yeah. You hide it so well, you don't know where it puts it. Like me, and I hide things so much, I can't find it later on. I wonder, where is it? God, God said, you did hide it, didn't you? Yeah, we hid it from myself. Amen. And so, God said, I told her to feed you. I told him to give you that contract. You know, I wish there was some Dumb saints in church that go to God and act like they're dumb and say, God, give me that. Like your word said it. You'd be shocked. He'd shock your socks off. He said, I can exceed what you think. What are you thinking? Ask or imagine. Amen. God prepare in Goshen a feeding place for them. I'm coming to the close here. Your delight in Samaria, God provide a survival plan. Somebody's coming with the good news. You know, you know. I, I like to meet our fellow ministers and fellow saints, and they give you a word. And I receive that. How many of you say that? I receive that. Most folks don't say that. I look at me and say, "So be it." Oh, Lord, sometime the delay, most time the delay is not God, as we are not going to where he sent us, not claiming what he gave us. Amen. All right? But God provides survival plan in Samaria. In Goshen, it was a survival feeding plan. In Revelation 12, there was a hiding place, and you have a hiding place. And in Laban's house, the old crook, God knows how to let you mean a crook. So, Pastor Neil, what would you do if somebody won a lot of 649 and got $5 billion and come and give you 
two billion. Will he get it back? I said, no. Why not? The thief had it long enough. It's my turn to have it. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't buy it. He gave it to me. <laughs> it says, eat and ask no question. Receive and ask no question. Hallelujah. Now, nah, don't go buy no ticket now, folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I said, praise God, I stand. And Gerard, who would have believed 100% is in that soil? If you're a wife right now, look in your husband's hand. And all you can see, that M, that M mean money. Look at his hand. If he has no M, then carve one in there quick. But see, mine is a big M in the middle of it. That means money. Not mine, not mine. <laughs> Maybe yours is, but not mine. <laughs> or misery for some. <laughs> I got a word for you from the Lord. When the bank closed on you, God promised to open his windows to you. When your money failed, God said the blessing will prevail. When the drought comes, God said, I'll be the spout to your life. When decline comes, God said, I'll be the inclination in your life. Praise God. That woman was so glad when that guy came to her house. She was planning to die. But God said, you don't want to die. As long as you do what I ask you to, you're going to be okay. Would you bow your head right now? Sometimes famine is of divine favor. Sometimes your sadness is your opportunity to know God. You may have silver and gold down here, but believe me, sister and brothers, you got treasures in heaven. That's a long-term return on your investment. Your long-term investment is in heaven. You cash in when you get there. He said, I don't want it down here. Rust and moth and thieves get to it, like inflation and taxes. And GSD and RRSP and all that stuff. Hello. When you retire, you're going to be out of this world. I don't know if you got the message tonight, but the world is heading for collapse. But all I interpret that to mean is that God is rearranging things for his word to be fulfilled. You should be able to say, that's my God controlling the storm. He gathered the wind in his fist. He has control, and when he speaks, even the wind obeys him. Hallelujah. Even the water, he can turn into wine. Hallelujah. He can fill my net with fishes and multiply my loaves. Come on, somebody. The day you open up and praise God is the day you bless your socks off. The day you open your hands and hearts and look to God, that's the day you're going to feel a miracle. Because God's just waiting for somebody to believe him right now. Amen. 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 What you just have right now is the answer to your prayer. You're about to pray tonight. I just answered your prayer through Jesus Christ's word. God give you an answer tonight. Instead of you come boohooing and murmuring and complaining, God give you an answer tonight. Come on! That He is your hiding place. 
He is your hiding place. He is your foundation. He's your protector. He's your guard. He's You will be fed in time of famine. We're not going to worry. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, right now. You are more blessed than you know it. You're richer than you recognized it. And you're beloved than you ever felt it. Tonight. God is because so much tonight. Your walk with God is a long-term investment. Not measured by Dow Jones industrial average. But by your walk with God. Who is God talking to tonight? Unto whom the arms of the Lord is being revealed. Hallelujah. I have commanded them to feed you. I've commanded the raven to fly in your direction. I've commanded that meal not to run out. 